Hello and welcome to Halston's World Cup Nuggets Daily, your daily dose of weird and wonderful facts, figures and previews on each of the 32 finalists in Qatar. Joining me again, this is the most I've seen him in years, is Alan Bushby. You all right, Ad? Just about recovered from our trip to Germany, so no nuggets, but there was some curry first, so I'm uh, <laughs> suitably filled <laughs> with sausage right now. Good, glad to hear it. And uh, joining us again is football historian and author of the now available World Cup Nuggets, revised and updated for 2022, Richard Foster. How are you, Richard? Very good. Looking forward to picking over the bones of England tonight. Good. Uh, It bears repeating, of course, World Cup Nuggets is out now. And I have written insert gap for fanfare. A treasure trove of information about every World Cup since 1930, with new entries covering not only Russia 2018, but also adding the entire chapter of nuggets about the top 10 World Cup teams in history. Basically, if you want to talk about the tournament to your pals and sound anything like convincing, you need World Cup nuggets. And within World Cup nuggets, you'll find all the answers to our daily nuggets quiz. Another question coming up at the end of this episode. But let's crack on and stick a flare up my arse and give me COVID. It's time for England. So, Richard, it's over to you. This might not be something that everyone knows, but uh, alongside Italy, England have had the most draws at World Cup finals. So we've had 21 of them. And of those, uh, 11 have been goalless, which is the most of any country. So you could say that England are the goalless maestros of the World Cup. (laughs) I'm not sure if anyone really wants to claim that. Um, And also looking at it, interesting, we were responsible for the first ever goalless draw in the World Cup, which was with Brazil, amazingly, in 1958. You know, almost over 100 matches into the World Cup, there had not been a goalless draw, but England managed it with Brazil. And, you know, that's been our badge ever since. We are the goalless maestros and we will continue to be like that. So um, I'm looking forward to a couple of goalless draws in 2022. Well, mm-hmm. it'll be a total snooze fest then. That's, that's a bit disappointing. I was hoping it would be <laughs> might be a bit more <laughs> exciting because their qualifying was chock full of goals and the like, was it not? Yeah, it was. But when you're qualifying, you're in a group that, let's face it, doesn't have the giants of world football in it. Um, so you are going to bag quite a few goals. And, right. and great that we qualified because certain other countries, Italy, haven't qualified. And, you know, the, the might of North Macedonia cope with them. Are we going to be full of goals in 2022, um, I mean, Adam pointed out, how many goals did Kane score in qualifying, did you say, Adam? It was 12. Um, 12 goals, yeah. Which is pretty good. Con- I just, until um, you consider the opposition. Yeah. I mean, mm, there you know, are more difficult games, aren't there, San Marino. And also, we have to bear in mind that in the last World Cup, we had our biggest ever win, which was... 6-1 against the might of Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our, we, we're probably looking re- relatively strong. I think the Nations League 
whatever the Nations League is, put a bit of a dampener on the expectation. I don't think it's a bad thing, by the way, because yeah, yeah. usually when we go to a World Cup, I, I don't know what the odds are, but we're normally sort of six to one, which is mad. Yeah, We're never anywhere near that because of the way it's skewed. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I would say we're in the top eight, aren't we? In, in Like, we're... FIFA ranking five, which I think is quite high. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'd quite like to discuss Gareth Southgate because some people, I mean, I, I heard some people suggest that he should be removed from office. Yeah. I mean, he's not a conservative at the PM. Come on, let's be serious. Um, it's all the rage these days. He got us, he got us to the semi final in 2018. He got us to the final in the Euros, which we lost on penalties. I think he needs, he deserves another tournament at least. My worry about, I mean, obviously he was, you know, brought up in the right place at Palace and he, he learned all the, you know, the proper things. Um, my worry is his strategy within game is not as strong mm. as it possibly could be. Mm-hmm. So you could look at both the World Cup semi final, where we scored ridiculously early. And the Euros final, where we scored ridiculously early, and we basically, without too fine a point, we sort of sat back and allowed Croatia and Italy to bring it to us and dominate. And you could, I could tell you after 15 minutes against Croatia what was going to happen. I, I didn't necessarily predict score, but I could see what was going on. And Modric was just running the show, and it seemed inevitable. But he didn't. He didn't have that in-game management and maybe he's not experienced enough. But what we need is a manager who just goes, right, we need to change this. Bang, let's go. I'm not sure Southgate's the guy. What do you think? I think he can be very reactive. And look, it's fine margins. And I know that's such a cliche, but it is fine margins. And if you're just going to react all the time to things that are going on and not change things... Certainly from an English perspective, that usually spells disaster. Or if not disaster, then conceding a goal and not winning the game. That's what seems to happen. I, I do think, for the record, that calls to get rid of him are ludicrous. I think you've got to respect the record of the last two tournaments. But he has to now use those two tournaments, you would think, to have adapted some sort of tournament mentality and, and no which parts of the game will go away from you at international level, certainly against the better teams, and that's where the strategy needs to come into place. I don't know. Juries may be out on that one. I, I didn't watch England in the Nations League, um, but that, obviously, they were playing reasonable standard of teams consistently. So there's a, there's no suggestion then that those <laughs> lessons from those tournaments were implemented in the Nations League. Is that because they were rotating players? Uh, is he trialling new things or is that actually once you've defined the Nations League whether you think it's a great thing or not I'm a big fan of it other people not so much is that cause for concern I, I just don't think the Nations League was uppermost in his mind as a priority okay. you know well, and you know for some other nations it may be but it, you know they're just glorified friendlies aren't they and you can't Scotland fan not yes, all right. I, know. I knew that was a, 
it was, mm. the, the was that, in the background. The fact that it's the greatest idea that you ever have ever had <laughs> is besides the point. The, so my, my point, point being then, if he's not treating it as, as something that is there to be won and therefore mm. not necessarily fielding a strong the strongest team, does that mean that he's trying out a different system or different players or something that might help become less reactive in, for example, a World Cup finals when they they were the last chances that he had to take a look at players. Yeah. So all all the talk of he wasn't taking it so seriously. Well if he wasn't then I think that's a little bit of a dereliction because he had to because now he has to pick his squad next. That's the next thing that is on his agenda. So and there's still question marks and you you would like to think that at this stage now there would be question marks over maybe one, if not two players. That usually is the case before a major tournament. I think there's probably more than that, is there? More question marks? Yeah, I mean, he played Harry Maguire, who, let's face, his his star is not shining currently. Yeah. And, you know, he probably knows enough about Harry Maguire. Yeah. He doesn't need to play him and also slightly undermine his confidence because he's on a pretty bad trot. Uh, he's now injured, I know, but um, surely we should have been playing other centre backs, or you know, part of the back three, but Woods back four, whatever it might be. He knows what Harry Maguire brings him. Mm-hmm. Why are you playing him? Just bring in a new, fresh player who maybe not has got much experience, and give him a chance. Harry Maguire doesn't need the stamp of approval. So I found that a bit odd, I must say. But you know, we mustn't get too down about it. I don't think. Mm. So it's there's there's a good nugget about the standard of the group, Richard, which I don't think has been picked yes. up anywhere else that I've seen. Which yeah. which will make which will make life very interesting if everyone performs to their rankings. Indeed, I mean, who knows what FIFA rankings are about? <laughs> Is it still set Blatter sitting in a dark room going, "Oh, I like these people; they'll be number five. Um, so, <laughs> when you look at FIFA rankings, this is the only group that has. All the teams are 20 or under. So England are five, USA are 16, Wales are 19, and they're on the 20. No other group has, every other group has two over 20. So if you're going to talk about the group of death, theoretically, this would be it, actually by a long chalk. However, I don't know, Iran, it's a difficult thing to say whether, do we see much Iranian football? Obviously, we've got Godos at Brentford. We don't see many Iranian footballers, um, but they do have a very, very wily coach, Carlos Quirios. He's been around for a while. He's been uh, manager of Portugal a couple of times, UAE. Um, also, I think it's really uh, another nugget for Quirios is that you know he he's managed somehow to be in charge of three teams, two of which failed to qualify. And, you know, he, he's, he's come through and he, he is, uh, he's become, you know, the wily man. He, he is, you know, he's back at Iran for the second time. He only got appointed, is it September? So, I mean, literally last month, he brought, was brought in for the other chap. So he's going to be tricky to beat. Um, he'll set them up. They're not going to be that easy. USA, of course, we've got a bit of a history of the USA in the World Cup. 1950, even I wasn't born in 1950, but England, first time round, 
you know, we'd refused basically to get involved because it wasn't really important. The home internationals are where the big clubs were, big countries. Um, and we lost 1-0 to the USA in Belo Horizonte. There's this story, I'm not sure if it's true or apocryphal, where apparently the newspapers couldn't believe that the USA had beaten England 1-0. So they thought it was 10-1 and it was a misprint. So they actually <laughs> said, oh, no, 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 we beat the USA. It's not a problem. Um, then the only other time we faced them in the World Cup, just ask Rob Green what happened. You know, 2010, Clint Dempsey, he didn't exactly wallop it, did he? And it was trickling. It was almost, it didn't get over into the net when it had bobbled through Robert Green's body. And it's it's sort of nestled just over the line. Um, you know, and we'd taken the lead in that game. We thought, oh, this is easy. It's not going to be easy against the USA. And then we've got Wales. And let's face it, Wales would like nothing better than to beat England in the World Cup. I mean, that would be a big thing, wouldn't it? Especially if they've got a rousing speech from a famous actor beforehand. That would be handy, wouldn't it? I, so, think, it, I think it guarantees the point. <laughs> I was ready to play against the English after hearing that. Yeah, he, he's quite impressive. Who would we get to do ours, though? That's what Brian, I'd like to Brian know. Blessed, without a shadow. Oh, of yeah, nice. <laughs> Booming voice, a lot of acting. Yeah, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, it is, as you know, when we, when we were first drawn in this group, everyone said, oh, that's right, we're through. It's, it's not as simple as you think and well, it, they'll always throw up a few little hiccups and I can see the odd hiccup. Well, what was the, the, there was a famous headline that I know hasn't been reattempted in this, to describe this group, which was just on the front of, was it, this, this, I can't even bring myself to say it, on the front of one of the papers, yeah. I think it was just an easy, and it was England, Algeria, Slovenia, Yanks, wasn't it? Yeah, in, in that order. yeah that's right. And, yeah, yeah I, think, I think I'm right in saying the final ended up being slightly different. Um, yeah. So we get first look at England, I think, on the 21st of November against mm-hmm. Iran. Yeah. So we are probably expecting them to get out of the group, despite yeah. forewarnings. We do, just. I, I think it's going to be trickier than we think. I think, you know, we'll probably beat Iran. Maybe we'll draw with the USA, draw with Wales, and somehow sneak through. I'd, I'm sticking money on and a draw against Iran. As the resident, as the resident gambler, well, the, yeah. who never win. <laughs> so another goal, another goalless goal, goal, a goalless um, draw. A, a measure goal. of success as a gambler to qualify as the resident gambler. Though <laughs> I used to have success in my early days, but the problem is my early days were twenty years ago. <laughs> I think it's going to be an incredibly tight group. I, I don't think there will be a runaway leader. And if the talk is of England being that runaway leader, I can't see it myself. Yeah, I, ju- I, I just think that because everything is so different this time and the lack of prep before the tournament, for a team that isn't settled, I think doesn't play into uh, England's hands at all. And we are losing right-backs like the Conservative Party are losing leaders, aren't they? So <laughs> got Rhys James, Carl Walker, now got Walker Peters probably out. I mean, it's it's we're going to be left with, you know, Trippier and Ben White possibly, aren't we? So Are we know. still overlooking a certain Liverpool right back here? I'm not talking about him. <laughs> well, possibly one for another podcast. I <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. 
<laughs> Alexander. We've Adam had enough. Guess. We've had enough coverage. We just need to move on. <laughs> well, the odds, the odds for the tournament overall, uh, yeah. or the ones that I certainly saw uh, a while ago, were seven to one. Uh, there which, you go. As as Adam Bushby once famously pointed out, on paper England would have won every World Cup since <laughs> yes. since yes, the dawn of time. Um, yeah. But they're not played on paper, unfortunately. But seven to one, don't know. Like you said at the start, Richard, I think you said they're normally around sixes, which is mm. sort of indicative of of in or around top eight status going into the tournament. There's one other omen for the English, Richard, that I think you probably wanted to bring up. Yeah, I, I mean, this is here. really scraping the barrel. So. <laughs> If you remember, England won the World Cup in 1966. That is the only other year the World Cup has been played with the same digit at the end. So 6-6. Now we've got 2022-2-2. So this is the omen we need to take us forward. So I'm expecting the odds to drop drastically now. We'll probably be odds on by the end of this podcast. As soon as this goes out. It's almost inevitable. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm hanging on to. Pretty tenuous, I must admit. Well, it explains it explains um, the last semi final defeat at least. So, cool. yeah. presumably, and just wait for it to be borne out, nailed on. And Southgate knows this. Oh, don't worry, I've written, smart to man in. I've written to him. He, knows. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't written back though. It's quite weird. He's not responded. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but I give it possibly he's waiting to send you a, a medal. I presume that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, let's leave it there as far as previewing England's chances go then. Um, we'll move on to our daily question. Um, all throughout the run of podcasts, we're running a colossal World Cup quiz. Uh, if you get the most correct answers at the end of the run of pods, uh, you'll win a set of Halcyon books. You can check out the website to see what that means. Now, for today's quiz question, none other than Adam Bushby sat down with a very special guest. We're delighted to welcome the author of seminal World Cup book All Played Out, a masterful and iconic account of Italian 90 and friend of Halcyon, Pete Davies, to ask today's question. How are you, sir? Hi, Adam. Nice to see you. I'm all right. Thank you very much. Brilliant stuff. So obviously we had you on last year and spoke about All Played Out in Italian 90 and football in general and actually quite a bit of life um, in a lot of depth, but I just wanted to provide a little context. Never mind Fever Pitch, I think this was the book that spawned the football book industry. And I just wanted to know, was Italian 90 the last time that you'd get the level of access, do you think, that you managed to get? I think it would be impossible to do anything remotely like what I was able to do in 1990. I was really, really fortunate that things just fell right for me to be able to write that book in the way that I did. You could see in Italy how the game was changing at an accelerating pace and that ability to have direct contact with a squad of players was always going to go out the window Mm -hmm. until you get to the point today where every one of them is a multi-million pound industry and every one of them is surrounded by agents and marketing people and social media managers and fashion consultants and um, car salesmen <laughs> and God knows who or what, you know. And and the whole thing is just a different universe. You know, I 
back then it was something that you could be relaxed about and talk to people um, without this dreadful business of them having to cover their mouth all the time because, you know, someone's Absolutely. out there with a long lens lip reading. You know, it's, 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 it's a different world. And, and I look back with immense gratitude on, on how fortunate I was to be able to write the book that I did. Fantastic. Well, let's hope that England have something fairly similar to look forward to in a, in a few weeks' time. Um, probably not, but and not the personalities neither. No comment. I'm not going to make any sort of prophecy. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, um, over to you, Pete, for today's question on England. Thank you. So today's question is, apart from Gary Lineker, only one other England player has scored more than once in two different World Cups. Who is that player? Fantastic. Well, thank you very much to Pete and thank you all for listening and we'll be back tomorrow. Goodbye.